This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lambert. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Have you heard of this thing called the Enneagram? Well, if you haven't, I'm glad I get the chance to introduce you to the topic because that's what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. And the Enneagram has really become popular over the last few years. More and more people are talking about it, and they really want to know how this thing, this little nine-sided geometrical shape, can help them understand more about who they are and how it can help them create meaningful growth in their lives. And today on the podcast, we are going to be talking with Chris Hewerts, the author of The Sacred Enneagram. Chris has spent his entire life bearing witness to the possibility of hope in a world that has legitimate reasons to question God's goodness. He's originally from Omaha, Nebraska, and he studied at Asbury University in Kentucky before moving to India where he was mentored by Mother Teresa for three years. While living in India, he helped launch South Asia's first pediatric AIDS care home, creating a safe haven for children impacted by the global pandemic. A forerunner in the New Friar movement, Chris and his wife Felina served with the Word Made Flesh community for nearly 20 years, working for women and children victimized by human traffickers in the commercial sex industry. His vocation has taken him to over 70 countries, working among the most vulnerable of the world's poor. And in 2012, Philena and Chris launched Gravity, a center for contemplative activism. So I was so excited to get a chance to talk with Chris because Chris's book, The Sacred Enneagram, was really my first introduction to what this thing, this tool, is all about. So if you've never heard of the Enneagram, I would challenge you just to keep an open mind going into this conversation. Chris even addresses that when he was first introduced to the Enneagram, it got stuck in his head and he couldn't get it out. But what I have discovered through my own journey, and it's been a brief one, of learning about the Enneagram, is that this tool holds worlds of possibilities for helping us to discover who we are, who God has created us to be and designing unique ways and tools and paths for us to walk with him in our daily life. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you guys uh, making room. Yeah, we're really glad to talk with you today. Um, I came across your work, The Sacred Enneagram, from reading an article on Christianity Today, and it was talking about the divine or why you should read the Enneagram. And it was, uh, it was an article written about you and, and, and this work in particular. And this was a few months back or maybe a year back now. And I had never heard of the Enneagram, which is kind of crazy because it's becoming very popular. And I, I see books popping up all the time um, lately, but your book was the first that, that has introduced it to me. So I'm really excited to talk to you about um, you know what what you've written about and and how you talk about it because in some ways I you're the you're the first for me so everything that comes after gets colored by it's like well what did Chris say about this or um, so I'm really excited to jump in and and talk about uh, the enneagram with you in particular so I, I think a good place to start would just be um, how did you first come across the enneagram. 
Sure. So I, uh, I, for the first 20 years of my sort of professional life, right out of university, actually, um, I was part of an international humanitarian organization that was working with, um, little kids who were impacted by the global AIDS pandemic. So little kids who are orphaned because of age or, or born HIV positive, um, that organization, that community also did a lot of work with little kids that were conscripted to fight in civil wars and, and West Africa, um, youth that lived in sewers and refugee camps, slum communities and on the streets, really all over South America, Eastern Europe. And then of course we did a lot of work in the anti-human trafficking space. So women and children in, in particular that have been trafficked into the commercial sex industry. Those 20 years were, were, were a remarkable time. And, and one of the distinctives about the work was that it was really rooted in, in community. And so we were always looking for tools and, and guides and, and ways to support our relationships and, and how we, we worked and served together. So I was um, visiting some friends in Cambodia who, who, who live and work in the slums there. And a friend of mine from New Zealand, one afternoon at the end of a, a, a we were sharing lunch on this sort of rooftop cafe, asked me if I'd ever heard of the Enneagram. I had it. He began to explain it to me, and man, I just pushed, pushed, pushed back on it. But uh, you know how this is. It's sort of like a splinter that got stuck in your, your your brain, and I couldn't shake it. And so eventually sort of figured out how to discern my type, and then we began actually using this in our, our community to uh, help us understand ourselves and, and each other. What do you mean by you push back on it? You were resistant against the idea at first, or it was just – it intrigued you, and so you you wanted to know more about it. No, I I, uh, I didn't want to be back into a corner. I didn't want to be put in a box. I, I didn't want people to sort of be able to read my news, and and so, um, you know, so of course our type is always showing. And and my friend was was actually really really generous and, and and gentle and not intrusive, and didn't put type on me, even though I'm sure he could probably figure out what my type was. But yeah, even my type was I don't want to be typed, and. Uh, so there was a lot of resistance from from me at the beginning, um, but that's the funny thing, right? I mean, the Enneagram sort of shows us these very typical and predictable patterns that that keep us sort of asleep to the illusions of who we think we are. And and for me, even my sort of introduction to this teaching was it was sort of obvious and and what it was at the outset exposing for me. So you went through this conversation with your friend and uh, you couldn't shake this idea. So what led you to actually maybe open up and, and allow somebody to type you and look into your type? Well, so, so I will say this, I, I, I do think it's important that, that you don't type other people and that you, you really do sort of come to terms with, with type yourself. And, and that's what my friend did. I mean, he, he really didn't put type on me. Um, so when I, I, I left him and, and, had, and was traveling back to the States, I stopped in Long Beach. I stayed with another friend for a few nights um, on my way back home. And, you know, I was jet lagged. I, I, I couldn't sort of shake it. So I, I got on, on online. And, you know, 20 years ago, there weren't a ton of sort of online tests out there for this. But I found as many as I could. I, I, I took as many of them as, as possible. And then I threw all the results in this Excel spreadsheet where I sort of averaged the answers and the responses. And I came up with all these sort of probabilities of what my type might be. And I sent this back to my buddy and he was just like, man, you're, you're doing this wrong. And so then he began to ask me questions. And, and, and he was, again, like I said, really honoring 
in, in the questions he asked, but essentially what he was doing was holding up the so-called childhood wounds. And um, when he sort of asked me one of those specifically about my type, it was like somebody punched me in the stomach, man. I mean, it was, I was like, oh no, are, are we that obvious? Like, does does this really sort of shape our perception of, of everything, including ourselves? And after that, man, I, I was convinced. I, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty remarkable. It was pretty remarkable. You've done some pretty incredible work in missions and, and you, you've already alluded to it a little bit. You're working in the slums of, of Cambodia and you've done a lot of work with very impoverished people. How did you, how did God lead you into missions and working with uh, these people? Well, I, um, I mean, my sense is like all of our let's say the alignment of our vocational fidelity is always sort of a a lifelong story of connecting the dots. Right. So, um, my sense is everything sort of in my early holding environments. I, I mean, even to a certain extent, like even my, my Enneagram type sort of was, was preparing me for the, the yeses that I didn't know would, would sort of guide what vocational discernment and subsequent vocational fidelity became. But it all sort of, I would say, aligned um, in um, in Jerusalem between my 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 sophomore was it my sophomore? between my junior and senior year of university. I spent a um, I spent a um, summer term and fall semester studying studying on a school on Mount Zion, and between um, or after classes, I would, would go down into the Hinnom Valley and kick a soccer ball around with some, some Palestinian children who are internally displaced peoples. And man, they, their lives were, were unimaginable for me. Their parents were of course working six, seven days a week, 10 to, 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 to 15 hours a day. And these kids still weren't in school. These kids were undernourished. Um, their clothes were ripped and, and I couldn't understand that. And it was a kind of poverty that I had never encountered. And, and so I, I went back to, to the scriptures and, and all of those passages um, in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament that talk about the, those who are oppressed, those who are poor, those who are exploited. Well, I had, of course, in certain ways in my life, had to spiritualize the meaning of that to make it fit. But suddenly I was like, oh, no, I think this is talking about real people and real poverty and real suppression and repression. And suddenly, yes, this does sound like good news. And so... Um, so the following summer, um, between my junior and, and, and senior year of university, jumped on a plane. I went to Korea, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Nepal, Bangladesh, uh, India. And it was when I was in India, I knocked on the door of the convent where Mother Teresa lived and, uh, had two months left and started volunteering, started volunteering in her house for the dying. And in those two months, I attended to 50 folks who, who didn't survive that summer. And, and that just completely wrecked me so finished university and and like i said moved straight back to india and started to work with kids who who are suffering because of the global aids pandemic what was it like you talk about it a little bit in the book so i have to ask what was it like um getting to work with and talk with and, and in some ways being mentored by mother Teresa? so she was she i mean actually she was was remarkable um I mean, her presence, there's, there's just a, a strength and a tenderness about it. Her, um, her eyes were just full of, of love. I, I mean, really penetrated 
right through your soul. Um, I mean, the things that she said were, were, were sometimes so simple, but the, the, the embodied integrity and credibility of seeing it in her life is what made her words so, so pregnant and, and powerful. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I, a lot of people want to know, like, what are the things that mother shared with you and told you? And, and that's great. Like, I'm, I, I can recount those stories. But I will say this. The thing that I think that stood out the most from all the time I, I spent with her was the things it's, – it's this. The things that we the, – the, the, the most profound impacts that our mentors, let's say, have on us don't come from the words that they share, but it comes from watching how they live. And, and really, that's, I think, what, what was remarkable about her is, is, is her life was the message. And that's where, really, the, the power of, of, of love was embodied and, and demonstrated in, 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 in a way I've really not seen anywhere. One of the things that Chris mentions in his book is that the Enneagram has a way of finding us at just the right moment. So if this is the first time that you've heard of the Enneagram, or maybe you've heard about it, but you've never taken the chance to look into it, discover your type, that's what I would challenge you to do today. It's Josh and Mai's prayer that these episodes of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast could find you at just the right moment and perhaps have a significant impact on your day, even if it's slight. We hope that it has some significant value to offer you. And from both of our work in the Enneagram and discovering our types together and and how that influences the way that we see and discover and work to cultivate growth in our own lives, the Enneagram has become an invaluable tool for our growth. So if you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram, obviously Chris's book, The Sacred Enneagram, is a great place to start. A few weeks ago, we also talked with another guest, Adele Calhoun, and her book on the Enneagram and creating sacred rhythms has just come out. So I'd also encourage you to check that out. But if you just need quick resources that are available for free, websites like the Enneagram Institute have been extremely helpful. Chris talks about the Ennea app. Go and take the test on there and start learning about the Enneagram and how it can help you discover how God has created you uniquely in his image and how you can walk with him and grow in your relationship with him daily. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, Go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.